Main Street to Wall Street. Global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Got a great show lined up today, all about making money and getting to the right people. So how do you reach the decision makers? And I'm talking about the top ones in the C-suite. How do you successfully convert leads into scalable growth while helping to make the world a better place? I'm going to tell you right here on this show, but it's all about relationships. And we've our guest today is the CEO of Link Strategies Group, and they have generated over 100,000 leads and or scheduled meetings with prospects in over a billion dollars in new revenue. Nate Kiebman, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's just fan. So you've always kind of worked in a home office. So this is nothing new for you, right? 10 years. Yeah, 10 years, 10 doing this. This is, it's awesome. Do you, do you miss going to the corporate world? No, not at all. I didn't ever loved it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I, I like this working from home stuff. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like my office, both in New York and in South Dakota. Now in New York, my office is literally a block away from my apartment. And in South Dakota, I'm like nine miles away, which is kind of like a block in yeah, South Dakota terms. Similar, yeah. similar. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> hey, you know, business is built on relationships. Certainly, we've got a great relationship. How do you get your foot in the door of decision makers? You know, there's a a psychology to it, really, Jeff. And what we've found over the last 10 years and doing tens of millions of emails to executives uh, around the world, landing uh, meetings for our clients with C-suite executives at every Fortune company in the world and every global 2000 company in the world, um, is we found there's a psychology. The psychology is, you know, general marketing is going to talk to trust and credibility as kind of a cornerstone to the engagement and the interaction. But if you don't speak a language that they speak, if you don't speak to what we call their listening you're never going to get them to say yes to a meeting um, because their time is too valuable. So you can't just get them intrigued. You have to get them compelled and really intrigued to say, hey, that could solve a problem I have right now. So if we don't write to or speak to uh, time, money, and risk as it pertains to them, we're just not going to grab their attention. Does that make sense? Yeah, without question. Yeah, yeah. oh, well, absolutely. It makes sense because I always think, you know, to get to the right decision maker, right? That's one thing, but you got to have some kind of relationship. Otherwise, they're going like, well, who's, who's you? You know, who are you? What do, what do you want? You know, how do, what are ways that you establish the relationship, especially right now when you don't have a relationship? Well, right now, uh, you know, knowing knowing there's no relationship out there, what we're experts at is saying, hey, there's somebody out there that has no idea you even exist. And then all of a sudden you're on a meeting with them and like in this really short gap. Well, how does that even happen? Because yeah. what, well, by knowing what executives want, by knowing like your target market, whoever it is you're trying to build a relationship with, coming to that individual as an authentic individual, right? What most companies are doing is they're outsourcing that to SDRs, right? They're outsourcing the relationship to uh entry-level people, basically, that aren't, aren't really worthy of getting that executive conversation or know how. And so instead of like you taking yourself, Jeff, to the market and saying, hey, um, I'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one with you, or can I introduce my team? I think our businesses could do some really good work together. 
what people are doing is they're cold calling with a, a junior out of college, right? That doesn't, it's just interrupting that individual's day and it's disrespectful. Like nothing bothers me more than that. And so like, I get calls all day long. You know, I get uh, emails all day long from, from people and you have no idea who these guys are, nor would you care to. And so there's just all this noise out there. But when you as an executive show up and you're like, hey, peer to peer, like face to face, executive to executive, hey, let's have a candid conversation. You open to that, here's what it's about. They love it and it resonates and it builds relationship because it's authentic. That's the real important piece. You, you, said, you said SDR. I want to make sure everybody understands that term. What's that mean? Sales development reps. These are yeah. people that kind of pound sand. There's a book called Predictable Revenue uh, written uh, a while back. It's how sales uh, Salesforce kind of grew their business originally. And it worked really well in the tech space. But you have to understand what that context was. It worked well because it was in a tech space for a tactical decision with a low price decision to a director or lower level. It wasn't to a C-suite executive. Yeah, if you're talking C-suite to C-suite, you got to make it look, one, you got to, first of all, make it and establish it as a C-suite to C-suite, right? And then second, you got to follow up with that. You can't not be a C-suite to C-suite or you lost all credibility. And you break rapport and then that's out the door and now you've actually damaged your brand. So yeah. what, what's happened and what most companies are spending their energy and time on is building out these huge SDR sales forces when they have an executive level decision-making process. Makes no sense. Doesn't make, like, yeah. think of, like, why would you be selling a hundred thousand dollar cybersecurity solution and have an SDR team of 200? Are you kidding yeah. me? Like it makes right. no sense. So they're just probably playing like the enterprise valuation game, trying to you know build up their their enterprise value or something. I don't know what that's all about. Does that does that mean everybody's going to become a VP? Everybody, you know what I mean? Yeah, they I are. mean they're banks do, banks do that. Banks yeah. do that. Financial institutions do that a great deal. Wherever everybody's in the company is a VP. Yeah. Is that? I mean, you can't just do that. Um, it really that credibility, especially when you're talking about high ticket items. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time because you're doing this for me where yep. you, you have gone out and getting you, you get me the appointments, you know, the way to do that. Right. And right. you know, I, my, my, my issue for everyone's listening right now or watching right now, if you got a heart problem, go to a cardiologist, not a general practitioner. You got a muffler problem, go to Midas. You got to, you know, don't go to the gas station down the street. I'm going to go to the person that knows what the hell they're doing and how to do it. Well, Nate's one of those experts. So he knows how to write the copy, get the stuff done. Although I'm pretty good at writing copy. You got to give me that. You're good at it. <laughs> you got that dialed in. I'm a marketer. I, I remember I got a great I got a great compliment from your team. Go, they go, wow, we don't want to change any of this. You know, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was great. Yeah. So let's let's talk about your. Let's also talk about how we measure things. And your company measures client and talent acquisition campaigns. So what are the metrics that you use for success, Nate? <clears throat> we this evol- This has been evolving over the last couple of years because. Yeah, you know, here's the bottom line. Like, you love the meetings. You know, you know, you know, you know. You need meetings. You know, you need leads to get the meetings. You know, you need yeah. open ways to get to the leads. But the bottom line is, you want to know what's the how many of the meetings are closing. And so, yeah. uh, and so, what we're we're measuring all those metrics, by the way. So, open yeah. rates, response rates, meeting rates. Um, you know, everything. We measure everything. We re- we measure the relationship between positive responses and meeting meeting requests. Like we measure the relationship between not interested and positive responses. Like there's relationships that we've garnered over the year that look, if you have a total responses of say 10%, which is not that uncommon for us from a campaign, 
by the way, really flipping good, right? Cold market, yep. yeah, hundred thousand people, ten percent of them that open respond and say, "Hey, was something positive?" Or in, in total, of the total responses, I'm sorry, of the total responses of ten percent, we want at least two and a half percent of those to be positive, right? Twenty five percent of the total responses. You mean when, when say, you say positive or fall to the bottom line? Uh, so positive means that it was an open dialogue. It doesn't mean they wanted to yeah. meet. It just they they, they set a meeting. Yeah, set a meeting. Yeah. No, no, no. Like positive means that they they were like, hey, appreciate the email. Not a good fit for me. That's a, that's a positive uh, response. Right? I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. So so the rest, the not interested, also need to have a tone to them. So like we look at the tone to not interested people that don't want to respond. If they're saying like f off, okay, your message is really bad, and you're going to get spam blocked, and your deliverability is going to disappear within two months, and you're done. Just start over. So. There's a lot of little insights. Like for us, the way that we look at it, it marketing, it's copy is one of three legs. It's copy, deliverability, and tech strategy. And so where those three meet is where our campaigns win. And so that's the that's kind of where our magic comes from. So can't, copy is, a, of course, critical. But if the people that are trying to get the email aren't getting it, and you don't know that they're not getting it, well, that's not going to work either, right? So Absolutely. Well, speaking of getting it, I need to take a quick minute and I'll be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we're back and I'm talking with the CEO of Linked Strategies Group, Nate Kiebman. He specializes in making sure that you get scalable growth and make the world a better place. He helps me and he helps many other enterprise operations to get appointments at the C-Suite level. That's an important thing. Since so, Nate, let's go on to talk about this remote because I got to imagine you're even now more in demand than you were before COVID hit because, you know, since we started working remotely, we've seen significant ch- changes in the way that we engage with, you know, potential leads. Is that, is, do you, do you sense that? Actually, I've seen it as a positive, not a negative, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Um... I'm I'm getting our voice out to the market a little bit more. The, it's a, it's a weird balance. A lot of marketing budgets have been shrunk right across the yeah. across the world for whatever reason, right? Sales teams still. Well, I think I think they, they they well one. Let me let me give you reasons why. Because former yeah, chief sure. marketing officer, one, the virus gave us the opportunity to make cuts to make changes in corporate in corporate world. Yep. Uh, gave us permission to do a lot of things we would have liked to have done, and now we get to do it. That's one. All right. Two, I think at first everybody got scared and they hunkered down. Okay. Not everybody. Some really smart businesses said, no, we turn it up now. We go out, not selling, but helping. And by helping, we sell. Okay. And so I, and now I think people, I think those were the primary two reasons. And then some businesses, wait, let's be clear, are adversely affected. Okay. And it's, I mean, I'm spending the day today collecting money, right? You know, because people owe me money and I, and I got to have it because I got payroll. I got, you know, it's like everybody else. So, so I think that's, you know, so they were adversely affected. So I think those are the three primary, there might be one or two more, but those are the three primary reasons, right? Yeah. And I see it, I see different industries hit really differently and reacting very differently. Uh, I think consulting firms and organizations that weren't really cash flush, really pulled back. Um, those that were cash flush have leaned in, which has been yep. exponentially powerful for those guys that have leaned in. I mean, there's market share being flip flopped all over the place right now, uh, based on relationships. There's a, there's a, uh, I look at it almost as who's capturing 
relationship market share right now. Those are the people that are going to be. That's a good, I like that. Yeah. Relationship market share is the kind of like the concept I'm thinking about right now. This is, this is where your metric changes from revenue to, um, to relationship acquisition. And if you can, if you can bundle that and you can capture that now, you're going to be the most profitable companies in the coming year or two. And those are the ones that to invest in even, right? Those are the ones to partner with. So we have companies that are obvious tactical companies that are like converting, you know, live events to digital event companies that are clients of ours. We have, uh, you know, people that are, you know, pivoting their one time, you know, clothing business into, you know, PPP, PPE businesses. We have, uh, you know, cybersecurity is really hot right now, remote working, any kind of, Consulting around culture is super hot, although for some reason, most of those companies have shrunk, not leaned in, um, which is interesting. Maybe it's just a cash flow management game, but... Yeah, probably that. Yeah, because those companies, like we work with, I think, probably four or five of the top culture transformation companies in the world, and all of them have pulled back to almost nothing, which is crazy to me against my advice. I'm like, you guys, these guys need you more than anyone right now. Like, just, just talk, just be there for them. And so instead of leaning into it, most of them have kind of just, you know, froze. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that people have done that. I was going to, you know, somebody was going to ask you a question about LinkedIn because they always think your name is LinkedIn, you know, sure. but it's not. It's link strategies. It's about how to link the relationships to the right kinds of solutions, right? I mean, that's yeah. really what you're about. So have you seen more engagement since people have been staying home? Yeah, actually, it's, it's huge. So, so think about, if you think of the psychology of an executive, um, executives, number one thing they need to do is make decisions. Well, in order to make good decisions, they need to have insights. And in order to make good insights in, an, in a complex, unknown world, they need to start attending things and learning again, yeah. which they may not have done before. And so, like, we have a friend that uh, markets just exclusively the C-suite, like you guys, Jeff. And I think you've probably seen this, but they're having, like, 80% show rates with C-suite uh, opt-ins. They had a webinar they put out, and they had... Um, the day they put it out, 400 signups, and within a week, they had 800 signups with CEOs. And, yeah. and, seven, and 75% of them showed up. Like, you kidding me? That would never happen ever in the past. Like, it, it depends. Well, obviously, it depends on the topic, right? And the, yeah. you know, the content. Content's always king yeah. um, from that perspective. Uh, even, you even know, good content, though, Jeff, like C suites, your 40, 50% show rates typically in the webinar space, unless you have a, a tremendous amount of rapport with the market you've already shown. Totally. Yeah, right. Exactly. So if you already have a relationship, that's helpful. But, you know, typically the show rates are 17%. Just let's be yeah. clear. People oh, that are okay. listening in. So typically across the board for a webinar or a live cast, or now I like to refer to them as live cast now, but, but for a tr- traditional webinar, 17%. I mean, that's wow. all that shows up. So you spend all that money, all that time to market to a hundred percent of an audience who says yes, and only 17% show up. That's, that sucks. Let me just be clear, folks. (laughs) You might think that's successful. That sucks. Okay. Hey, I don't want to suck. So I want to take a quick break and come right back. C-Suite Radio. And today my guest is CEO of Link Strategies, Nate Kiebman. We're talking about engagement, relationships, relationship marketing. In essence, that's the core piece, you know. And, uh, of course, uh, Nate's business helps you make appointments. He's, he's had over 100,000 leads and scheduled meetings with, with, with over a billion dollars in revenue. I mean, this is the way it works. How, how are you looking um, 
to boost customer retention when many are cutting back? How are you doing it? Mm, uh, we're we're leaning in. Like, hey, we'll yeah. work with you. Whatever we have to do, like, right. we'll we're not gonna shut the shut it off. We're just gonna run. Like, like if if you need help, then we're here to help. And we've done that with a whole bunch of our clients. Some of our clients, we've taken it as an opportunity to let go. Um, you know, that yeah. weren't really weren't really um, a good fit from a, a culture standpoint, you know, like that sort of thing. But anybody that's a good fit culturally, that's like really loves the process, understands the process, you know, there's, there's some companies get marketing and get the idea of, you know, I was just talking about this earlier today. There's 3% of the market at any one time that can buy from you. There's 7% of the market that would buy from you if they knew from you or would at least consider it amongst a set 30% of the market that, doesn't know you exist, don't know they have the problem, but if they were told about the problem, they'd realize they had it and then they'd look at maybe doing that in the near future. And so that 37% of the marketplace is who we want to make sure that we're in front of consistently and continuously educating them, informing them of our awareness, letting them know that we exist. And that's who we're looking for. The rest of the market is never going to buy from you anyway, uh, but yeah. that market is moving on a monthly basis that's different. And so like from my end, I'm always trying to make sure that we're in front of that market. And so also for our clients, like how we lean into that is, hey, let's inform them. Let's make sure that they are, that, that you as, as our client are aware of this process so that we can continually help you nurture this relationship with the market. How are you gonna nurture the relationship with your market today? So what we're doing is we're helping our clients build out nurturing initiatives. We're helping them create more long-term and short-term strategies that are married together for opportunities to talk today as a strategic resource and then also for opportunities just to educate, you know, cause they know, we know everybody needs insights right now. I, I'm laughing right now cause uh, I got my screen up and it sends me new things that pop up. And I just got a new appointment with a CEO, Nate, that your team just did. <laughs> that was, and by the way, that's unplanned. That that's not, that's not bullshit. That's real. So that's what happens every day. Cause that's the way you set it up. I mean, what's what the way we set this up is that they help us. They, we've got an email for me and a couple of other, my executives, and then we go out and this is how it works. And uh, based on a, uh, a profile that we want to hit, you know, our avatar of the most perfect executive, right? Right. That's what we do. You send the letters out that we pre-approve. It goes out, engages them, and then they say, yep, I want to set an appointment. And your team sets the appointment inside my calendar. And so it pops up. There it is, new appointment. It's a telephone conference call. Sometimes there's Zoom calls. Um, I do Zoom calls or telephone. We give them what, what they want. There's the CEO. And now I got this little profile on him. I know who he is. It's going to populate. Nate, well done. Well done. I, I did not plan that. Did you not. did not. No, it, that comes in to me every day, you know, and I only take so many because the team mostly takes more because of just my involvement as CEO just can't do it. Right. And, uh, and sometimes I would have to put that person off for weeks. Right. Right. Even though I want him as a member, even though I want him in the C-suite network, you've got to be able to have an engaged team. So um, how do you, so I want to ask you this question. So how do you generate, you know, what I would call very high quality leads consistently? I mean, cause you're doing that for us. Yeah, it's, it's um, look, you first have to know about the data, then you have to create a compelling message. Right. And what most people are, are, that's, this is this compelling message is where a lot of people get stuck up. What I mean by that is they're too worried about it being perfect. So they never start. 
I don't know if you've seen it. Seen it, seen it. There was a way back when I was. I yeah, didn't, no, that happens all the time, right? All, all yeah. the time. Like, like, and then like we'll have clients that will take two months to approve copy. Like, oh, that's like, ridiculous. Getting going is better is yeah. better than not going at all because you might even the, the things that I sometimes have assumed aren't the things that end up to what it is. Well, like let's take for example, long versus short copy, Jeff. Okay. So, oh yeah, let's go okay. with that. Every everybody in my team says, "Oh, my copy's too long. My copy's too long. We have to cut it." And I go, "Bullshit." And of course, <laughs> we know that long. Yeah. See, my team just chatted me right now and said, yeah. yes, it is. And they stuck their tongue out at me right yeah. here live on the thing. That's right. Hilarious. But it's not right. It works. Right. It's so it's a think of the psychology behind it. OK. Yeah. If you were able to get the attention of an executive, like so. So, Jeff, I emailed you. and You finally opened my You probably respond to everybody. But let's take somebody that doesn't respond to everybody. Right. So uh, if if you if I got your attention. I caught your attention on a subject line and the first paragraph and you started reading it. I now have your attention. If right. I sign off right there, what did I not do? If I You didn't give me all the stuff, you didn't give me all the stuff that I want. And that's a big mistake because when you get my attention, I open up first it's got to be a great attention. It's got to get my attention. And then in that first paragraph, you better freaking tell me the value you're going to get and what we're going to do. Got it? Exactly. I I want to know what that hook is. Once you got the hook, and I call this the 118 too, you know, the elevator pitch, but you're just doing it through mail. Yeah. I want that. And if and then you better give me all of the anticipatory things I'm going to anticipate, right? All those things. Um, and if you don't, bye-bye. I just want you to have this context, Jeff. I'm doing a split test right now for a client that just would not let up on the short copy. Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't right. let up. So he's like right. three paragraphs max, like no more. I was like, all right, fine. Give me your version of ours. Yeah, that person's so that person. How that person's probably under forty. <laughs> yep, under forty. And <laughs> and our copy was eighteen paragraphs text only. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Eighteen paragraphs. I mean, <laughs> this thing's a novel. If you put it in a word document, it's like three pages long. It's unbelievable. And so we split test it, and our long copy outperformed reply rates by three x. Three x. Right. Yeah. Not only reply rates, meeting rates was ten x. That's yep. the more important number, meeting rate. So anyway, that's that. Don't forget, folks, that lesson learned right here, because I know we got to wrap up because we're out of time, but lesson learned about the long copy. And that's that's not my takeaway, because I already have that takeaway. And I'll give you a takeaway at the end of the show, but that I've got, and it's about relationships, just give you a hint. But anyway, that is that, you know, listen, don't assume you know what the recipient wants until you, one, go out and test it or figure it out, Right. Because it's just a bad mistake. And a lot of people do that. They, they assume what the CEO, if you're, if I know what, I know what C-level executives want because I am one and I've managed billion dollar companies and I know what that means. I mean, I used to have people who handled nothing but my correspondence and I still have that today. I, I used to have four people that just did my correspondence. Okay. That, that was just, that's the stuff that handled just my emails that would come in and the letters and packages, you know, cause I'd literally, when you're at that, I used to walk into my office, Nate, and there used to be a stack of packages on my desk of free stuff that people give you. And of course you can't keep that, you know, because as an executive of a public traded company, we had certain ethical rules or rules that we put in place. So I had to, you know, I was allowed to keep the the wines, the scotches, the, the 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 consumables, but I wasn't allowed to keep any of the tangible gifts. I always gave those away to charity, but there you go. Side note, 
Squirrel moment. Squirrel. <laughs> Nate, <laughs> Nate, what a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I never get to talk to you enough, but every time you and I get together for our hero club meetings and for our, our client meetings, you know, uh, I always have fun and, and I always learn something and I'm always doing business. And I, I just want to say, I appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Thanks man. Likewise. And um, right back at you. Thank you. Well, how, and by the way, how's your experience been with the C-Suite Network? Uh, guys, if, if you're watching this and you're not in the C-Suite Network, you're really doing yourself a, a disservice. It's just to be a part of it, just to be a part of the community and all the resources that Jeff and the team brings. Um, sign up. It's like it's just ridiculous not to be a part of it. I, I, I just can't even say anything else about it. I mean, you know, there's other membership levels that, that I'm a part of and, and every single level that I'm involved with. And there's, I think, three or four that I'm involved with. Um, I've had some of the best relationships built, um, some of the lifelong relationships I've already built. You know, obviously Jeff and I have been friends for a long time, but Jeff called me. I was like, Hey, I'm doing this. You gotta be in it. I think that was for like the thought council or something, Jeff. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, all right, I'm in, you said, so I'm in, I'm doing it. So, and then I get in and of course it's awesome. And we get great, I meet great people. I get to add, contribute. I get to be a part of, uh, a program that's really focused on people first, not just profits first. And uh, I just love that. I love that about the whole community and everybody's there for that. Well, and you're in for a big one. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll tell people, I think you're in for 30, 40 grand. I mean, you're in big time, which is great to see that, but you got to get value out of it or you don't do it right. You don't do it. That's the name of the game. And I, and I always like it when, when we're in these meetings and you and others come up to me and they, you go like, I just made my money back. I just made my money back <laughs> or I just made it back by 10, 15, 20. So listen, yeah, Nate, it's a pleasure true. brother, but we got to go and you got to go. You got to go make me some more appointments. So get going. At the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned and we got two great guests. So stick around, listen to our next guest because that next guest is going to make you money and get better returns for you. But in talking with Nate Keepman, what did I learn? I'll tell you relationship marketing. It's all about relationships. You got to build credible, authentic relationships. You're not authentic. You're not going to do business long-term. And especially in the C-suite, you've got to be uh, focused in on the relationships. How can I help? How can I give? And the more you give, the more you help, the more you get. That's what I learned. Well, my next guest is a self-made entrepreneur. This guy has been doing it for years as an executive in numerous startups, and he's busy helping people grow their portfolios now. I'm talking about making the money with their personal and retirement accounts with the help of an AI-powered software. That's right. No more financial executives. You get to do it with AI. It's just the math. All right. My own portfolio has grown 28% by using this company. I've been pretty excited about it. I'm really excited about it. And I love this CEO. You know, less than 22% of Americans have less than $5,000 in savings for retirement and only 5% have between 5,000 and 25,000, according to a new study by Northwestern Mutual, the, the quiet company. I used to serve on their board. Um, they're a great company as well. So while many are aware of their lack of savings, few people are doing anything about it. I don't get it. And we talk about this in this next segment. So how can we flip the script? I'm talking to Randy Tate, the CEO and co-owner of iFlip Investor. He's going to tell us how to make our money grow for retirement. Welcome, Randy, to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Great to be here. It's good. <laughs> I love hanging out with you. It's always good. You know, we always make money together. I like that. 
Making money is a good thing. <laughs> Talk to me about iFlip. What's iFlip? Because most people won't. It, it's going to listen. Be people listen right now. Get ready to have your mind blown. I'm serious. Because what these guys have done is is phenomenal. No one else in the market is doing it this way. Um, they're brainiacs. Okay. You know, Randy's a great a great CEO of marketing, and then he's got a partner who is truly a savant. I mean. Kelly yeah. is is just somebody when you sit down, you have a beer with Kelly. I don't even think he drinks, but I have scotch. And I sit down with him. I just, I'm always, I always walk away uh, so impressed by his depth of knowledge and strength and, and strength of character. That's the other piece. And you as well, Randy, you know, without question, uh, because you and I have, have, have known each other for a while and we've got, got that. But talk, talk to me about what is iFlip? You know, iFlip in a, in, a, in a simple nutshell is an AI platform that allows the average person to participate more efficiently and more effectively in the stock market. In fact, it allows the average Joe to have the efficiency of a Goldman Sachs. And that just does not exist today anywhere except the only place you can get this type of money management assistance would be at Goldman Sachs and in their very high end private investment club. No, you would, you, you would have to have millions and millions to get million. that kind of attention. Yeah. So a hundred million dollar club. Yeah. That's yeah. what you have to have. So, you know, when we built this, we wanted to build something that the millennial could use on their phone yeah. or, Grandma and grandpa could move their IRA savings retirement accounts into knowing that they're going to have a less risky proposition. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And in simplest mode, we're a super simple to use platform that is driven by AI and mathematics on the trading side of the house. The last six weeks have been the best six weeks we've had. Yeah. When everybody else is going down, I'm watching the portfolio go up. And of course, I've been live every single day and, and I've been doing five or six live casts. And, yep. and almost every day I'm bringing you up because I'm telling people like, hey, I can just tell you what's going on for me and you should look at this. And you're yep. not paying me in any way, shape or form. I mean, I just, no. just happen to be a real. I, I like to talk about things I like and things that are good, right? That's why I like to talk about scotch, bacon, you know, to me luggage, you know, things that I like, I talk about, you know, United Airlines. I mean, I talk about those things because I like them. And then yeah. that, you know, and, and because I want my friends to know, that's the best kind of marketing you can do for people. So if I have this right, oh, by the way, is there a minimum amount I can put, I have to put in? There really is no minimum. Um, the algorithms though you can use the algorithms for as little as 150 bucks yeah um you can okay. start using it now so to, to, that's to get in but if i want to invest in it i could put you know 100 bucks a month in there or whatever i wanted to do and it just starts building up right yep that's exactly what you would want to do treat it like you're in, like a retirement account contribute to it on a weekly basis. You know, I have a, a, a friend of mine, a lady that works at a local little restaurant where, you know, I, I like to talk about bacon and breakfast. I go there every, uh, every day when it's open and she downloaded our app, free app. She only had a hundred bucks. She's been putting 20 bucks a weekend since January. She's up to almost two grand. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Uh, my team is we're sitting here, we're doing this. Let's make sure that we're putting that in there in terms of talking about 
um, the, 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 we have a, we actually have a link for everybody. So we want to make sure that we put that into the show notes and we want to make sure we, we put that right here so everybody can see it because I want people to get in. Now, Randy, let me see if I got this as a layman because I want to explain it. So I put my money in. Now I've got this AI driven investment app that then goes and looks at the highs and lows and all the other millions of factors that go into um, what should be a good investment and a bad investment. One. Second, you look at the trends and typically as I, what I really like about what you guys do is you see certain things and when you see it, you pull my money out and you set it aside. And then when it, when it passes that, you put it back in. Correct. It's, it is, Kelly would say, it's just simple mathematics. Um, There, there is the capabilities to predict market movements and market movements. the markets, Kelly calls it, the market's alive. If you understand the math around it and you put the proper algorithmic formulas to it, you can predict with very high likelihood the movement of it, whether that's up or down. Now, we've been live through the two, two 20% corrections, you know, the end of 2018 and then the one that just happened. Both times we were out of the market. in fact, of the money we trade had been moved out of the market to sit in cash and wait until it goes by. And anybody that's tracking this knows that around March 16, 17, 18, we started to hit the U curve at the bottom. Guess what? March 17th, we dumped back in tens of millions of dollars of our customers' money, the software put back in on its own. It doesn't send you a signal and say, Hey, go buy this. Hey, go sell that. Yeah. It it's not, so, it's not like someone with a, Hey, I, I got a tip on a horse. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Bet on, bet on that one. Bet on number seven. Um, yeah. and, and, and so, you know, we, we do, we, we wanted to literally change the landscape of investing. The other thing we do that's very different is when you're in funds, things like a mutual fund, they charge you based on your assets and the, the fund charges you, the advisor charges you. And there's about five to as many as 10 different pieces of the pie that get pulled out of your account that you don't even see or know about. Right. We've eliminated all that. There's no commissions or fees. We're a SaaS company. You've got more than six grand on our platform. You're paying me 10 bucks a month. If yeah. you're using the automation, now, if you want to do it yourself, and you want to be smarter than Kelly, then yeah, let me be clear. I'm very happy to give you my 10 bucks a month, Randy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because of the I mean, because I got more than that, and and by a long shot, and then but other, and I know many other of our C suite network members yep. too, because they're pretty smart people. But I mean, come on, because otherwise, I'd be I'd be paying some expert, let's let's use the word quote expert, yep. to manage my investment portfolio. Why shouldn't I hire one of those guys? Well, those guys are, let me make sure I say this properly. They're not malintended. Most of them got into that industry to help other people set up retirements. They're given a set of tools to work with. If they work for an institutional place, such as a Schwab or a Fidelity or Wells Fargo, Bank of America, any of those types of folks, they have a specified list of things they can put your money in. And all of those are funds that are generally owned by the bank or by that particular institution. 
So they're handcuffed in what they can do with you. They're yeah. truly not independent managing it. They're allowing a fund to manage it, which is improper and ridiculously expensive. And so what we've done is we've wiped out the entire middle world. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Now, do we have advisors that are using our software? We actually do. They're starting sure. to come, they're gravitating towards us and their clients are happy to pay them 1% of their assets to manage it for them. That's okay. But they're, yeah. not getting, they're not getting torn apart on the back end of those funds because those funds just eat them alive. And uh, I'll give everybody one math lesson. It's about the extent of my math. They operate with sharp ratios, which is a risk number of around 0.3. Uh, now, a sharp ratio for everybody out there, here's your, here's your wonderful math lesson for the day, kids, is a risk number. A sharp of one means you're risking $1 to make $1. The average mutual fund, you risk a dollar to make 30 cents. That is flat the math on the numbers. Yeah. So you have a better chance of winning in a one-time deal in Vegas than you do in a mutual fund. Now, the reason it's so bad is because of the volatility of the market itself. We compare everything to the S&P 500. It's the 500 big dogs of the world. The, the, the globe operates off of that. Now, because of that, we want to say, great, let's, let's be in the stock market with the, and perform at the level of the S&P 500. Warren Buffett will tell you this. He said it many times. He cannot beat the S&P 500. He can't. Never has been able to. However, that's because of the risk associated with it because of this. Up and down, yeah. up and the down. up and down, the up and down. Yeah. So if you can skip the dips, if you have means to pull your money out early on into a big, deep decline, you exponentially have more money to invest for the ride back up. When the market's going straight up, like it's done the last 10 years, you can't beat it. Nobody can. We can't because it, you can only go up as fast as it goes up. What you can do, though, is step off the ride when it takes its big dip and then catch the next one up. And that's hey, speaking, of, speaking of the ride, let me let me take a quick break and I'll come right back. C-Suite Radio. I'm talking with Randy Tate, the CEO and co-owner of iFlip Investor, Inc. Go download this app. Uh, go to our site. You can actually get the, a special... Um, um, a link for that. We'd love to have you, but at least just go get this done. I more importantly, I just want to send him some business because this is good stuff. I used it. So, wow. So some people only have, we only got a couple minutes left here, Randy, but some people only have an IRA. Can they manage that on the platform? Absolutely. About 70% of the money on our platform is IRA money. And yeah. It, again, it's it's quite simple. We work with multiple custodians. We have our own in-house custodian as well. So if you have IRA money sitting somewhere, we can get it set up. We can move it over. We can put the algorithms on it. Uh, tax implications are no different than if you have it with a traditional um, brokerage house. Uh, and so, yeah, we work a lot with IRAs, Jeff. It's it's a best place for it. Yeah, it's a well. It's, instead of it's like sit around and getting your kind of money market rates, go go. I like that. Skip the dips. I got to think about that for you on the marketing <laughs> side because everybody wants to be you know sell at the peaks, right? And you want to buy at the dips, right? Yeah. So you want to buy at the at crevices. I and that's that's the bottom line on this whole thing. Hey, uh, last question I want to ask you is security. 
it's a big issue for everybody right now. So how can you assure that the people, how can you assure all the people that are coming in that the algorithm safe? Well, the only thing we can say as far as that is the algorithm safe, is the AI safe. Kelly's been using these algorithms for 30 years. Um, this math has been this math and the math itself learns. It's self-learning. So yeah. every algorithm, we have 11 different algorithms. Each of those algorithms have multiple algorithms behind the scenes, updating the data, changing the rules. So it's as safe as math. I mean, yeah. math isn't going to change, you know, and I always say this, if, you know, the, when we talk about risk, cause that's the thing we talk about the most, Jeff risk is relevant, right? Our money lives in a licensed brokerage house. It is federally insured. So your money is as safe as it is in any bank. It doesn't go to us. We never touch the money. Two, we only invest in things that you, that, that we have conviction about, you know, they're mainly S&P 500, NASDAQ companies, things we believe in, things we know. These aren't penny stocks. These aren't, you know, these aren't random, take a shot in the dark at some company that might do something someday that's a buck a share. We do not do that. You saw what happened with the, with the oil and what happened with Robinhood and that oil ETF. You know, 197,000 people put their money in and it went to zero. It's done. I can tell you this, if you're on one of our portfolios and, and or our color, we call them collections, one of our collections of stocks that the algorithms are trading, you'll appreciate this, Jeff, because I say this a lot. If your portfolio, your grouping goes to zero, that means Apple, Facebook, Disney, Amazon, HP, <laughs> Boeing, those guys, that means they all went to zero in a single day and stayed there. And if that's the case, it doesn't matter. You don't need those. You need ammo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need, you need, you got, you got, we all got bigger problems and the apocalypse is here. Okay. And that's not going to happen. Hey, Andy, uh, Randy, what a pleasure to have you on the show today. I really appreciate it. We're talking with Randy Tate, the CEO, co owner of iFlip Investor. Hey, if you're looking to put your money somewhere right now, you need to take a, you need to take a real hard look at this app, real hard look at the services he's got. I'm a real believer in it. And, uh, and I like things and things I like, I like to have people on the show and talk and, and, and I will tell you, he and Kelly is co-founder. They're good people, really good people, hard values. I really like that. They're part of our hero club too. Hey, Randy, thanks for joining us right here on all business with Jeffrey Hazel. Hey, thanks Jeff. Take care. All right. End of the show. I like to talk about what my big learning was. I'll tell you what it was. Skip the dips, <laughs> skip the dips. Why wouldn't you just want to be on the peaks all the time? So go find somebody to get you on the peaks all the time and not have to do all that hard stuff of losing the money as it goes down, okay? Nobody likes to be on the down, so skip the dips. That's what I learned today. So go find somebody like this or somewhere. I mean, depends on what you like to do. Do, do what's right for you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. you got to figure that out on your own. But I like skipping the dips, okay? And there's no dips on all business with Jeffrey Hazel. I'll tell you that. It's nothing but peaks. That's right. Right here on C-Suite Radio, you know, we're the number one business podcast network in the world. So go out there and tell some other people about it because that's how we grow is by our friends. Don't invite any dips, okay?
Talk to you later. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.